This is SR1. All right, everybody, here we go. It is Sunday, March 5th, and you are listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. My name is Rob Carter. And you're listening to The Rob Carter Show. Got a lot to go through today. Hope you're having a great weekend. I hope you're enjoying your Sunday. I get two hours, 6 to 8 o'clock, and I do my best to bring as many people as I can out of the gray skies of the corporate news bubble and into the bright sunshine of reality. Boy, there's a lot going on. If you get caught up in the corporate news narratives, you're never going to see the truth. It has always been my belief that the Corporate press is there to divide and distract and distort information. So when you get tied to that, you're going to get lost. It is very important to me that I explain that to people. Sometimes I don't do it very well. I'm doing my best, but I'm going to give you tons of examples of how it works. Let's just think of the narratives that have come out of the press and how hard they beat them down your throat. And we found out they weren't true. Think of the Hunter Biden laptop. When that story was out there at the beginning, They said that it was Russian disinformation. That was all over the press. It was Russian disinformation. Well, now it's believed to be true. But it's after the fact. It's after Joe Biden becomes president. Isn't that kind of suspicious to you? What about Iraq has weapons of mass destruction? And then we spend trillions over in Iraq fighting an enemy that we had no business fighting. They weren't really our enemy. They may not like the United States, and we may not like them, but it doesn't give you the authority to go in and bomb a sovereign nation into smithereens. Another false narrative that they shoved down our throats. How about Epstein hung himself? Right, Epstein hung himself, guards asleep, camera's not working, but it just goes away. Wasn't Durham and Barr, weren't they supposed to get behind into some of these issues and figure them out for us? Where did they go? They kind of just disappeared, right? They're on the Republican side, at least Bill Barr is, But Bill Barr is a club member from Columbia, and he is there to hide the truth. He's the one that went out and said, nothing to see here with these elections. They're all fine and dandy. He's the one that said, nothing to see here with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Nothing to see. Everything just a run-of-the-mill suicide. How about Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone? You know, our good friend Bill O'Reilly wrote a book, if you read it, and it, it explains very nicely how Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. But now we find out from Tucker Carlson on Fox News that the CIA was involved. Those records have been released. But it just goes away. They hold that information for 50, 60 years. And then when they release it, a generation has gone by and nobody even pays attention to it. The idea that the Central Intelligence Agency was complicit in killing a sitting president, John F. Kennedy, that news should be the most, that should be the biggest news in the world. And nobody even talks about it. It's completely gone because that's the way the system is designed. We are a conditioned and brainwashed society. It's very scary because the people running the show, the hand that's above everything, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and global intelligence putting it all together, they know how to trick your mind. They know how to play games. They know how to move you from A to B to C to D, and you have no idea it's even happening to you. It happened to me. It's happened to a lot of people that I know, and most people right now are walking around in a haze. They will not accept that global intelligence and the puppet administrations in this government 
were complicit in selling COVID-19, selling the fear with the death scoreboards, uh, creating such fear that everybody, the only way to get back to normal life was to take a gene therapy. They changed the definition of vaccines in 2015, I believe. Now they put gene therapies in your arm and call them vaccines because they changed the definition, and here we go. There's a woman, I'll touch on this in just a little bit, by the name of Brooke Jackson. She is being represented by attorney Robert Barnes, who is also an attorney for Donald Trump. She is suing Pfizer. She says they knowingly misled the FDA, the CDC, and the administration, the Trump administration, by saying these were effective, uh, that they would work, and knowingly, or they knew that they wouldn't work, that they were ineffective and potentially dangerous. They knew that all along. And you can kind of see again how this is going to go down. The FDA and the CDC is going to point at Pfizer. Now, Pfizer is uh, in this court battle with Brooke Jackson. They're trying to hide discovery. They say that, listen, um, so long as the FDA and the CDC are going along with it, then there's no uh, liability on our part. So we'll see how that plays out. One good thing about that particular story, let me just finish that up, is they are in front of a judge, Trunk Kale, uh, who was, he's not a member of the club that I can see. I looked through his bio. He's got no attachment to the club schools, which are Yale, Harvard, Columbia, Georgetown, and Johns Hopkins. And then if you get into the UK, it's uh, the London School of Economics and Oxford. So those are the club schools. That's where the power structure within the universities, that's where it lies. There's a couple other schools, but that's where the power lies. He's not from those schools. He was a very big critic of Barack Obama. And this is the judge that this case is in front of. So if we do get discovery, the whole case could break open. You could start to see how Pfizer and the FDA and the CDC, global intelligence around the world, were involved in a lie. They used fear to sell you gene therapies. And as we talk to the doctor later on the show, you're going to find out because the information is starting to get out there in a big way, that these things are not safe. I certainly don't want to say that everybody that took these things, everybody that took these vaccines and the boosters is going to have a problem. But a lot of doctors are saying that. And when you look through all of the narratives, and there's hundreds of them that were sold to us by our press that didn't come to fruition or that they led us astray, why aren't they being held accountable? Why aren't the news organizations that said that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Why aren't they in trouble? Why does nothing happen? Why do these outlets get to go out and lie to us over and over in their mockingbird press and no accountability ever seems to take shape? You don't understand it. I don't understand it. The main reason is the press is just an extension of the government. The pharmaceutical industry is just an extension of the government. The Uh, Defense contractors are just an extension of the government. The CIA in the United States is really just an extension of global intelligence. If we don't pay attention, very soon, remember I said this, very soon we are going to fall into a system that is built on compliance. We are going to lose our freedoms. That means your kids and your grandkids. That means their kids and their grandkids. We are going to ruin freedom for generations to come. As Ronald Reagan said, every generation must fight for freedom, but we don't see it because we're brainwashed. We're conditioned. We are conditioned to just everything's going to be fine. Let everybody else fight the battle. 
I don't have to get involved. I don't have to understand what's going on. I'm just going to take pictures of my food, put it out on Facebook, go to the next concert, take my vacations. Everything's going to be just fine. And I would like to do that too. I'd like to not have to worry about these things uh, because they're starting to happen rapidly. The movement toward global governing is happening very, very fast, and technology is going to allow it to happen. I want to start with this very first clip. It's six minutes long. I'm going to play the beginning of it before, well, I might play the whole thing. This is Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, Listen to what he has to say because he lays out the entire story. If you listen to my podcast from the very beginning, I've touched on every subject that he brings up. But he's going to talk about the connection with the CIA and how a psychological operation was waged against the American people through Dr. Fauci and the game of trust. Pay close attention. Clip number one. Ready. Go. Which is in my when I was writing my book, one of the you know the most momentous and shocking discoveries that I um, encountered and that I made you know in my research was seeing the deep involvement of the intelligence agencies in this public health space. Mm-hmm. The last chapter in my book shows this series of tabletop exercises, about 20 tabletop exercises that took place between 1999 that was sponsored, all of them by the CIA, but involving a lot of, you know, important hundreds of thousands of people took part in these these pandemic simulations. And what each one of them did, and by the way, the people who were taking part in them were from Europe, United States, Canada, um, and the rest of the world, the rest of the Western world. And they... Um, Australia, Mexico, for example. Now, before I continue on, he's saying that the CIA was running operations around pandemics around the world. That's because the CIA is a global entity, and most people don't understand that. When you recognize that the CIA is controlling the show in many countries around the world, they are the eyes behind the curtain. What he is trying to explain is what I've been talking about with Event 201. Johns Hopkins University ran a uh, preparedness exercise around pandemics in October of 2019. It laid out the entire plan for how they were going to roll out COVID, how the uh, television production would go, how the media would sell it, the whole thing. And it's out there for people to see, and yet you cannot get people to recognize that this was just an operation, an operation that was funded, an operation that The entire press went after. Nobody questioned it. If you did question it, people got mad at you. That's the conditioning. That's the psychology behind it. This is a psychological operation that was used against the American people. And as soon as they wake up and see what happened, uh, things have got to change. People have got to recognize what's going on here and stop this train from moving forward. Continue on. They were public health officials. They were uh, frontline officials. uh, responders. They were uh, people who worked for utilities, hospital systems, politicians. There were big shots at each one. Bill Gates, uh, Madeleine Albright, Tom Daschle. And to give them kind of an imprimatur of legitimacy. But what they each did was they'd take a, fa- a, a simulated pandemic and they'd show what the response was. And the response was not a public health response. It was the imposition of totalitarian control. Mm-hmm. So they weren't talking about providing vitamin D to people or stockpiling, you know, or uh, quarantining the sick and you know and and keeping constitutional rights, which is something that you got to think of in a pandemic, etc. They weren't doing any of that stuff. What they were doing is, how do we use this pandemic to suppress free speech, to censor social media and the media, to close churches, to lock down society, to force people to wear masks, and then funnel them into the shoot of mass vaccination with a quickly um, 
uh, created an untested zero liability vaccine. Every one of them does the same thing. None of them is about public health. It's a militarized and monetized response. And they're they're play acting all these strategies for how do we get Americans to go along with us? Are you paying attention? That's a very damning statement that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. makes. And here's a guy. He's a Kennedy. His uncle and his father were both assassinated. And he's somebody that you might want to give some credibility to. If you read his book about Dr. Anthony Fauci, it will it, it's unbelievable what's going on in this country. You have to recognize the pharmaceutical industry and the intelligence industry and our administrations are all tied together. It's just one big racketeering outfit. It's amazing what they did with this COVID-19. And the reason I keep talking about it is because we're still in the middle of it. They're just getting ready to end the COVID crisis. But if we don't hold the people that put this thing into place accountable, it's just going to happen again. And they are betting on the fact that the information won't get out there in a coherent way so that they can do it again. They'll just use a different scheme. That's all. Continue on. Well, the CIA, you know, has for many, many years has uh, studied ways of doing not only individual manipulation, but doing mass manipulation society. society. How do you go into a developing country or an indigenous country, uh, turn the population, cause so economic chaos, shut down the economy, um, uh, polarize people against each other and create violence and chaos to, to the point where that country will be happy to have an outside, uh, you know, Machiavellian and kind of stuff. come in and control yeah. the whole thing. And how do you sow fear and use propaganda, et cetera? One of the ways the CIA um, figured out all of these methodologies, which is put in handbook after handbook. And, you know, the CIA does not do public health, by the way. It does coup d'etat against democracy. So between 1947 and 1998, the CIA was involved in 87 coup d'etats against a third of the nations on Earth, most of them democracies. So that's what they do. The, the way that they studied this is they farmed out studies to sociologists at about 300 universities. These were um, programs called MKUltra, MKSurge, Operation Artichoke, etc. But it was old. MKUltra, these are mind control exercises. So when you are talking to family members and you recognize that they are angry with you about just giving them legitimate information. When you say, hey, listen, the news and what you believe is not true. What you are digesting as true information from a trusted source is being manufactured for you. It's not a real thing. People have to get with it. I'm going to continue that. I'm I'm up against a break here in just a minute. So uh, I'll play the back half of that conversation with Robert F. Kennedy in segment two. If you want to get more involved in the conversation, um, I have a show on Apple, a show on Spotify, or you can join me on my website, therobshowpodcast.com, two Bs, therobshowpodcast.com. If you want to send us questions, if you have information that you think is relevant to the topics, you can reach out to us at therobshowhost at gmail.com. That's two Bs, therobshowhost at gmail.com. And if you want to get another listen at this particular radio show, by Monday or Tuesday, we usually put it up on Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E. Just get the app, rumble.com. Look for SR1, and then look for The Rob Carter Show. Uh, Stick with us. We're going to continue the conversation after the break. Uh, We have a lot to get through. We're still going to get to the Arizona elections, and then I'm going to play my conversation with the doctor who wrote a book about the dangers and the political implications of COVID-19, The Con Job. We'll be right back. 
everybody. Welcome back. Once again, you are listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. My name is Rob Carter, and you are listening to The Rob Carter Show. Let me get right back into this conversation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., because I think this clip, if you've been listening to The Rob Show or The Rob Carter Show on radio, it's The Rob Show on the podcast. If you've been listening for a long time, you know that I have touched on every one of these topics that Robert F. Kennedy is discussing. Uh, He's getting ready to get into the Milgram experiment, which I talked about on my show. If you take even 101 psychology in college, they talk about the Milgram experiment. I'm going to let him lay it out, and then I'll recap it. But it is based on trust. It, it, It shows you how far the mind will go when they trust somebody who is a doctor or a scientist, when it's something these people don't understand. They give all of their confidence into somebody they are supposed to trust. And that's what happens with Dr. Fauci, Dr. Darth Fauci. I've made fun of him for a long time because, you know, Dr. Fauci has a long history. Robert F. Kennedy talks about it in his book. Uh, And when you read that book, which I have, it is, it's so eye-popping and so unbelievable, all documented. Uh, it's, It's incredible what's going on in this country that nobody knows anything about. It is amazing. Here is Robert F. Kennedy. I'm going to continue on with this conversation. Uh, Listen up. Here we go. It's all done by the universities, billions and billions of dollars. One of those studies uh, took place in the 1960s and 70s, and it was done by uh, early 1970s by a guy called Stanley Milgram, who was a young associate professor at Yale. And Milgram recruited people from every walk of American life, black people, white people, students, professors, professionals, every kind of American. He, he would put the subject in a room, sit them on a chair, and there was a dial in front of them. And they were told there was a person in the next room who was tied to a chair. And when they turned this dial, it would administer an electric shock to that person. That person in the other room was actually a confederate mm-hmm. and was an actor. And the, uh, and the doctor, Dr. Milgram, who was wearing a stethoscope and a light, you know, a white lab coat, so he had this kind of imprimatur of authority. He would tell the people, turn it up. They could hear the subject screaming, shouting, pleading, begging, crying in the other room and struggling. And all of the people who recruited begged the doctor to allow them to stop. But the doctor said, no, higher, higher. Well, if you can look this up in Wikipedia and actually reports it accurately. It's called the Milgram experiment. 67% of the people turned it up to 250 volts where it was marked potentially lethal. So they knew not to do that. And every value they had, they had to compromise to do that. But they did it because they were taking orders from somebody that they believed was a trusted authority. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what Milgram concluded, that if you have somebody who's dressed up like a doctor, 67% of the people will violate their most deeply held values. And okay, so we've got, you know, we're just in a huge Milgram experiment here. We got Anthony Fauci in his white lab coat telling people it's okay to get rid of jury trials, which they did, uh, against anybody who's involved in a countermeasure. It's okay to uh, suppress free speech. We all know better than that. It's okay to close every uh, church in our country for a year. Mm-hmm. We know you can't do that. Mm-hmm. There's no pandemic exception in the United States Constitution. And by the way, the fr- and by the way, they did do it. And I talked about it at the time. How do you close down churches and keep Walmart and Lowe's open and society not go bananas? But they didn't. They stood on the dots on the supermarket floors. They went up and down the aisles in single file fashion six feet from each other because the virus knows how far it can go. They had their two masks on. 
football helmets, flippers, and bubble wrap just to be safe. And when you think about that in retrospect and you think of how absolutely insane this society was, it makes you wonder where they could take it if they employ these uh, psychological operations in the future. They had us walking up and down the aisles in single-file fashion, closing all of our businesses, closing our churches, and then leaving the big corporations like Walmart where they get all of their goods from China, leaving those wide open. And nobody went, huh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? They just went along with it. And if you said it was ridiculous, if you didn't wear the mask or you didn't want to stand on the dots, if you did any of that, your friends and family got very upset with you. Did you notice? At least if you're on my side of the fence and you said, listen, this is just, I'm not going to play along in this game. I believed with every ounce of my heart that I could just show people what was happening and they would fall in line. They'd say, okay, I'm on your side, but that's not what happened. Subsequently, that's not what's going on with Donald Trump right now because Donald Trump spearheaded this thing. Robert F. Kennedy says many times that he told Donald Trump what was going on with vaccines and COVID, wanted to bring out a safety board so he could prove it. Donald Trump took a million dollars from Pfizer and allowed it to happen, and you still have people that are so worried about where the world is going that they have their claws into Donald Trump, who passed a $6.2 trillion with a T, $6.2 trillion CARES Act to implement the entire system that's going on around you. And now they think he's coming to save the day because he has some secret plan. I mean, it's just the, 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 it's really quite amazing when you pay attention to it. And I'm not saying, you know, if you love Donald Trump and you think he's coming to save the day, okay. Um, but if we just look at facts, Donald Trump was the one who allowed all of this to happen. Donald Trump is the one who ran Dr. Darth Fauci and the scarf lady out in front of you for almost a month explaining what was going on with COVID. He's the one that shut down the society. I played a clip on, on the show before where he is chastising the governor of uh, Georgia for opening up too soon. That wasn't the CDC recommendations, and he was getting after the governor of Georgia for opening up too soon. And yet people still are like, okay, well, that's great. He said he took boost after everything was out in the open and people pretty much recognized what was going on because they didn't want to take the boosters anymore. He does some kind of staged event with Bill O'Reilly and Bill O'Reilly says, I just got my booster. Did you get yours, Mr. President? And Donald Trump goes, uh, yes. Donald Trump sold those gene therapies hard. I played it over and over on this show. Take the vaccines, take the vaccines. He went out and rally after rally after rally, convincing people to take these vaccines. So if you think he was misled or you think he was complicit, what's the difference? What is the difference? He allowed it to happen. This all took shape under his watch. And the beauty of that is if you understand how this whole thing works, Donald Trump was the perfect guy because Donald Trump, was the enemy, he was the enemy of our enemy. That's the way he played it up. If you're a conservative thinker or you're somebody who wanted to get rid of the establishment, Donald Trump positioned himself as the guy that was running against the establishment. He was going to secure the borders. We were going to win, 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 win. Uh, he was taking a task, everybody that we didn't like. But then you started to notice, or at least I did, that the people he was bringing into the, into the fray were club members, deep state people within the intelligence community, and he was placing them all over his administration. And it just and everybody at the time, 
that was on the Donald Trump bandwagon thought he had some plan where he was going to expose these people or maybe he'd turn these people and they were going to expose the other people within the system. None of that ever happened. Not only did it not happen, if you go back and you watch the, uh, the debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, what was that? I mean, when you go back and look at that now, it's so bad. Donald Trump performed so badly on that. When I watched it, I just couldn't believe it. I remember in my show, I was saying, if I don't even think Joe Biden will have the courage to show up to this debate because there was 25-minute clips of him uh, sticking his nose in the little girl's hair and touching them inappropriately on camera. I was putting him out on social media. On camera, you could see that. If Donald Trump brings that up, and tells the American public to go watch these videos, it would have been game over. Why wouldn't you do that? What is the reason for holding back that information? Creepy Joe Biden was his nickname at the time, if you remember. Then it turned to sleepy Joe Biden. Now it's mumbling, stumbling Joe Biden. But Donald Trump did not go after Joe Biden in a way that he did Hillary Clinton, and why? People need to start asking themselves, what is the true scoop with Donald Trump? Because I think that if he is in the mix at all running for president in 2024, we're in trouble. We must fix the election systems. We must get people into power that are outside of this system so we can clean this system up. I want to move over to the Arizona elections because I think that if we get the elections put to bed, good things can happen. Uh, there, there's a clip that I played on my podcast with Marjorie Taylor Greene going after a guy by the name of Gabriel Sterling. Now, I talked about that way back in the past, so I, I was on top of that, too. That is a guy that was in Georgia that was running the elections down there, and every time he came out on camera, he was lying. Complete and total lies, but the difference was the American people didn't get to see the testimony before the state senates. If you saw the testimony in Georgia before the state senates, you knew that when Gabriel Sterling came out and gave his recap of what went down, that he was lying. Now it turns out that runback voting systems, runback voting systems, were involved in the Georgia elections just like they're involved in the Arizona elections. They're attached to Dominion. These election systems, the why are we voting with machines when we don't trust our elections? Why are our officials Why is Josh Hawley allowing for voting machines? We got to get rid of voting machines because even if they are absolutely fabulous and they can't mess it up, nobody trusts them. The Democrats don't trust them. The Republicans don't trust them. I don't trust them. You don't trust them. Nobody trusts them. So regardless of whether they're good or not, we can't use them if the public doesn't have confidence in these voting machines. We have to get back to paper ballots. We have got to use our best and brightest minds to figure out how we can have a secure yet private voting system. That, that, that There's got to be a way that that can be done. That should be job number one. If we're not sending the proper people into D.C. or into our state and local governments, if those positions can be rigged, then we're not a free country. If our elections are being rigged and the positions of power are being manipulated, we simply do not have a free country. I want to pay, I want you to pay close attention to Katie Hobbs. Now, Katie Hobbs, I've talked about her at length. She is the governor of Arizona now. She would not debate Katie Hobbs. The debate about debates is over. I make fun of it all the time. She sounds like a valley girl. This is not the best person 
to run the state of Arizona. All you got to do is listen to her talk for just a couple minutes and you go, okay, well, this is not the sharpest knife. How in, how in the world did she get to the top of the Democrat Party? And how in the world did she become the governor of Arizona? Well, if these things are being rigged and manipulated, eh, which is what this uh, Jacqueline Brager and, uh, and her attorney friend, uh, let me think of his name here, it is John Thaler, that's exactly what they say. They say she might be involved with it because her name is on some deeds that they found fraudulent. But as, the, as this news starts to get out in Arizona uh, of what Jacqueline Brager and John Thaler put out there, as that starts to reach the media and starts to reach the people of Arizona, it becomes a topic of conversation. Here's how she addressed it, and then I'm going to play back-to-back clips of local press and how they tried to just wipe it away. It's all a conspiracy theory, unfounded claims. They do the same thing every time. The press has a role to play. The role is to keep you and I from knowing the truth. Here is Katie Hobbs. Ready? Go. I know you all have one burning question. I'm only going to answer it once. No, I'm not involved with the Sinaloa cartel. I'm not taking bribes from them, and I'm not laundering their money. So, um, just kidding. Anyway. Did you notice at the end of that when she said she's not working for the Sinaloa, Sinaloa drug cartel, she's not laundering money? Right at the very end of that, she says, just kidding, very nervously. And you can tell throughout this presentation that she's very nervous. I found that clip on Twitter, so that background music drives me nuts. I do not understand why people who put information out on Twitter put this background music on it, because it is so distracting and so ridiculous. But she says, she denies it. And then right at the end when she says, I'm not working for the Sinaloa drug cartel, I'm not laundering money, it's all a bunch of lies, and just kidding, that's what she said. But when you watch the way the media plays it, it comes out just a little bit different. Check this out. Clip number 17, go. At first, Governor Hobbs had tried to make light of this situation at a news conference today, but it was clear that she doesn't think any of this is funny or a laughing matter at all. Now, these were the governor's first public comments since last week's joint hearing on elections went completely off the rails. Now, during that hearing, an insurance agent from Scottsdale was allowed to present unsupported claims of election fraud and bribery, accusing Hobbs and others on both sides of the aisle of being in the pockets of the Sinaloa cartel. Hobbs said she is exploring ways to respond, but for now, she'd rather that lawmakers focus on more pressing issues like water, housing and inflation. These are all really critical issues, issues that we should be having full day legislative hearings on. And we're not. Instead, we're having these circus shows um, that is a culmination, really, of two plus years of defamation of me and other election officials and other leaders. And while Secretary of State Hobbs had received death threats following the 2020 and the 2022 elections, she also feels it's very dangerous and irresponsible to give election deniers an official platform to to air unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. And while Hobbs didn't indicate that she was seeking legal remedy here, Republican Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richard has said he is considering a defamation suit. Now, if you know the propaganda language there, you heard it all, right? Conspiracy theory, unsubstantiated claims. Uh, it's all the same language with these people. Stick with us. We'll get into segment three. We'll finish up that conversation. And then I want to get into the second half of the show in my conversation with Dr. Ishwan Koalathis. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. 
everybody. Welcome back. Once again, you are listening to The Rob Carter Show on News Talk STL. Thanks for sticking with me on this glorious Sunday evening. Man, I love this coffee. Just got done gulping down about a half a cup of coffee because it gets my juices flowing. I get excited between each and every break because I get through this coffee, this pure cure coffee. I love the smell of it. I love the whole thing. We wake up in the morning and smell that coffee. It starts every day for me. I recommend it highly. You have to support the sponsors that support freedom of speech. Pure Cure Coffee, P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Mm. Man, I love this coffee. It is something else. You got to get you some. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Let me get back into the conversation we were having at the end of segment two about Katie Hobbs. What I want you to pay attention to is how the press is telling the story. Because I've talked about it many, many times before. You have to look at the way they use language. Uh, In that clip at the end of segment two, the reporter uses the term conspiracy theory. Now, if you know anything about the term conspiracy theory, that's a term used by the CIA. It came into existence after the JFK assassination. Anybody that was countering the narrative that our government was selling was a conspiracy theorist. Now they use it to label anybody who has a opinion outside of the mainstream narrative that the fraudulent press is shoving down your throat is now a conspiracy theorist. Look at all the conspiracies that turned out to be true. Everything that we said about COVID came to fruition. I told you the the uh, shots were not going to work. At the very least, they weren't going to work. That turned out to be true. I told you masks weren't going to work. That turned out to be true. I told you it was a con, and Dr. Darth Fauci was a con man from the very beginning. That turned out to be true. The people that said that that this COVID-19 came from a bat jumped to a human, and that's how it spread. That was the going narrative for a long time. Now even our own FBI and the media are starting to say, oh, it was just a lab leak. Now, it wasn't a lab leak, but that's what they're saying. Well, it might have been a leak, but it was an intentional leak because you can see all of the groundwork that they laid in advance. They wrote a script, and then they followed it. But you have to pay attention to the language. Conspiracy theory. Then the guy that was given the um, report at the end of segment two, talking about Katie Hobbs and how ridiculous this was, he uses the term election deniers. This is the language of the criminals. Climate deniers, science deniers, election deniers, anything that goes against the narrative, they use this language and they beat you up with it. They demonize anybody that goes against the narrative that they try to shove down your throat, and you have to be aware of it. Unsubstantiated claims, conspiracy theory, and election deniers, that was all three of those terms were used in that one clip, and I've talked about it how many times. That's the language of the cons. I want to move over to this clip before we move into this conversation about China, Ukraine, and COVID. Let me stay on this election because I got one more clip. Now, that last clip was from CBS News. That was the local CBS affiliate. This is the ABC affiliate reporting on the information going down in the Arizona election. They're reporting on this Jacqueline Brager who went before the committee and said the entire election was a fraud because the people behind it, the Sinaloa drug cartel, had bought off the entire election system. And they were putting pawns in positions of power to manipulate the entire system in Arizona. That's what they say. We'll see how it comes out. I don't know if it's true. But I think it's a, it's a worthy conversation. They say 
that they gave it to the governor of Arizona. They say that they have thousands of documents that they can prove what they say is true. And now the media is smearing them. Now, these two people, by the way, this Jacqueline Brager and John Thaler, who's an attorney. Jacqueline Brager is an insurance person. John Thaler is an attorney. They are going out and doing interviews right now. John Thaler, I was listening to an interview with him this morning. He said there's no way that these people are saying, the, the people that are saying this is all fraudulent and that I'm a liar and that this information isn't coherent and it's not real and it's all fake and I'm a conspiracy theorist. This is him talking. He said they couldn't possibly have went through the documentation. This was a four-year investigation. We have all of the details out there. There's, and he said they want a bigger investigation. They smell a rat and they want a bigger investigation. But he said to say that it's a conspiracy theory and try to uh, defame us is ridiculous because there's no possible way anybody could have gotten through all of the information that we have out there. So I want you to think about that. Now listen to ABC and how they reported this story. Clip number 13. Go. At Capitol, more conspiracy theories spread at an election security hearing. Tonight, Governor Hobbs now says she's considering legal action against the lawmaker at the center of all of this. Here's ABC 15's political reporter, Mark Phillips. At first, Governor Hobbs tried to shrug it off. No, I'm not involved with the Sinaloa cartel. I'm not taking bribes from them, and I'm not laundering their money. So, In Arizona, public officials accepting bribes include members of the legislature, the executive branches of the state government, more than two dozen judges on the Maricopa County Superior Court. The unsubstantiated accusations against the governor and literally thousands of other elected officials, judges, and private citizens made during a hearing on election security now have a life of their own on social media. Arrest Katie Hobbs was trying three days after the hearing. We're having these circus shows. Um, that is a culmination, really, of two-plus years of defamation of me and other election officials and other leaders. Um, and it's, it, is, it is irresponsible for this to be allowed. The witness was Jacqueline Breger, a Scottsdale insurance agent. Her testimony, arranged by Republican State Representative Liz Harris, a freshman lawmaker from Chandler, who believes both Carrie Lake and Donald Trump won Arizona. we got to be very careful. Uh, I mean, we were supposedly in a hearing of working on elections, and the, the Arizona legislature is not a prosecutorial or investigative body. Republican State Senator Ken Bennett, a committee member, called for the testimony to stop. Republican leaders quickly denounced Harris, but there's been no action taken against her, leaving the governor to consider her options. We're certainly looking at ways that we might be able to take action. In a statement, Representative Harris said in part, the testimony was not sufficient to substantiate these extraordinary claims. But in the conspiracy theory world, the representative appears to inhabit. That may be too little, too late. Mark Phillips, ABC 15, Arizona. Isn't that interesting that the same language from the local affiliate CBS and the local affiliate ABC, they use the exact same language, conspiracy theory, uh, claims are unsubstantiated. Do you see how the game is played? They're not going to address a very significant claim made against the entire government in Arizona. They're just going to ignore it, and they're going to use their press to say it was just a conspiracy theory, which leads me over to this next topic of conversation, uh, I'm going to finish this uh, first hour with it. I have been paying very close attention to what's going on with this Wuhan lab leak. When I saw the way the press started to come out with it recently, 
where you have Director Ray, who's from Yale, so he's a club member, coming out and saying now they believe that the lab leak is the reason we have the COVID-19 virus. It was a lab leak in the Wuhan, in Wuhan, China. Before that, it was all natural. Now they're saying, okay, well, maybe it was a lab leak in China. So what they're setting up for you is a false narrative. Now, in your mind, you're going to argue whether it was a lab leak because you knew it was a lab leak all along. And they wanted to tell you that it was from nature. The reality is, I believe, and I'm just floating this as a theory because there's a lot of information to prove it. I believe that this COVID-19 con job is not only China and the United States and the UN and Australia and New Zealand and Mexico and Canada and all these countries that Robert F. Kennedy detailed in that clip that I played earlier, but I think Ukraine was involved in what, as well. I want to play this clip just to set it up. Uh, this is on, I believe this is on Brighteon, if I'm not mistaken. But this guy tries to explain the connection between Hunter Biden, a company called Metabiota that was doing lab research in Ukraine. So you're going to see a connection between China, Ukraine, the CIA, and the Bidens all mixed into one. And I named some names last week with Donald Rumsfeld and Victoria Nuland. Now, if these are names that are not, if you don't know who I'm talking about, I apologize. Stay focused on the premise. If the United States is so in, interested in Ukraine all of a sudden, and it's been over the last maybe 10 years or so, but they are very interested. They're basically saying they want to take us to World War III, start a nuclear war over Ukraine. Victoria Newland went before Congress and admitted that the United States had 47 biolabs in Ukraine. Now, she says it's all no big deal. Not a big deal. We just got 47 biolaboratories on the border of Russia in Ukraine. And everybody just, that just went right past the media. They didn't even ask any questions. Now this guy, by the name of Andrew Huff, shows up out of nowhere. He's a supposed whistleblower. He's got all of the information, apparently, because he was in the Wuhan lab. He says that it was a lab leak, an accidental lab leak, and that the CIA is trying to cover it up. My intention, or my impression of everything here is, there's no way this was an accident. So right away, I don't believe anything that he has to say. His story doesn't make any sense to me. So he gets challenged on Twitter by a guy calling himself clandestine. Uh, I'll get his real name here in just a minute. Uh, what is it here? It is Jacob Creech. Now, Jacob Creech, I've been following for a while. He is clandestine on Twitter, and he goes on and on about the information connecting COVID-19 to the biolabs that Victoria Newland said were already in Ukraine, but nobody has even contemplated the fact that this may have originated in Ukraine. And the way clandestine, this guy by the name of Jacob Creech, and he has all the information laid out, a very nice presentation of how Ukraine was involved in this. He says that they were sending animal vectors, so these are infected animals, to China, so that it would look like China was the reason for the virus spread. Now, is that possible? Is Ukraine involved? Is China involved? Is China being framed or is China involved? Originally, when I looked at that, I said, what is he trying to say that China was framed? Because it doesn't look like China was framed to me. The propaganda from the very beginning, if you remember how COVID began, the propaganda was people falling down in the streets. That was your first notice that something crazy was going on was when the media started showing you pictures of Chinese citizens walking along the street and falling over dead from this disastrous 
virus called COVID-19. Now pay attention to this clip and then I'll tie it together for you. And then we'll jump into the second hour and my interview with the doctor. Uh, Clip number, what is it here? 36. Go. Did you say the CIA has a venture capital wing? Is that, is yes, that? firmly. It's out in the open. It's called Incutel. They're, they're most famous. I mean, those words are weird together. I don't know why. Just like venture capital, like you're, you know, sort of government CIA has got a venture capital like to invest in us or invest in the work that we're doing. Well, to invest in companies which have, um, I guess, strategic uh, potential for the United States. Their, okay. mo- their, their most famous investment is Google. Uh, so Incutel invested in Google Maps and Google Earth and made that possible. Wow. And that's okay. what everyone can relate to. Okay. So, so Incutel is actually responsible for a number of significant investments into te- U.S. technology, which has dual purpose or dual application. Right. And they, they don't always disclose their investments. If you go to their website and look this up, um, they have a disclosed portfolio and an undisclosed portfolio. One of the more interesting public disclosures uh, is Metabiota. So Metabiota is the company that had the contracts with the Defense Threat Reduction Agency for the labs in Ukraine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that Metabiota is the company that was invested into by Rosemont Seneca, which was Hunter Biden's venture capital firm. Okay. So, and it, and it actually provided you in, in the show with emails, which actually outlined the, st- the strategic com- uh, conversation uh, with Hunter Biden and uh, Metabiota partners in Rosemont Seneca t- to get the investment for Incutel for the same kind of work we were doing at EcoHealth Alliance. EcoHealth Alliance is the contractor that Fauci was using to do gain-of-function research in China. That was, that was the... That was the way the game was being played is they were using contractors, so nobody is responsible for it. That's the way they always play these things. That's what's going to happen with Pfizer and the FDA and CDC. The FDA and CDC is going to blame Pfizer, and Pfizer is going to blame the FDA and CDC when this whole thing starts to take shape. I only have a little bit of time here in the first hour, and I want to tie this up for you nice and neatly. When you look at Hunter Biden, you know that he's attached to China. I have played a video. I can't play it on the show because he cusses through it the entire time. But there is, a, uh, there is an audio that was released. They said it was all fake. Remember, the laptop was all fake, but it was released, and it's Hunter Biden talking about his connection to the lead spy chief in China. Calls him his partner over and over again. So now you have the son of the sitting president connected to China and their spy chief. Now, when you think spy chief, doesn't that make you think of intelligence, maybe like the CIA? And then you also have Hunter Biden attached to Metabiota, which is doing lab research in or attached to lab research in Ukraine, being funded by a group called Rosemont Seneca that he was involved with. I mean, do you see the circle starting to take shape? We need some answers to these questions, but you're not going to get it out of the corporate press. They're going to come up with some phony narrative over the course of the next couple of weeks to keep this hidden from you. But there is a lot of information. There is a lot of information that we need answers to uh, because I see a very clear problem going on in Ukraine, and I think COVID-19 is a part of it. I think that might be something that this government is trying to hide and something this press is trying to hide from you. Stick with us. We're going to get into the second hour. We've got a great interview for you or a great conversation, I should, I should say. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody. SR1 Sundays. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back. 
Once again, you are listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. My name is Rob Carter, and you are listening to The Rob Carter Show. Boy, do I love this coffee. Pure Cure Coffee, P-U-R-C-U-R-Coffee.com. If you haven't tried it, you should. I got through about a half a cup during the break. It just refuels me, and I, I just love this coffee, the smell of this coffee, and the taste of this coffee. If you haven't tried it, you got to try it. It'll change your day. But I want to get back into this conversation that we started at the end of the first hour. Because even when I have friends in front of me and they can ask me questions, it's still a little bit difficult to explain the the entire picture to someone who's just getting into it. So let me try to tie it together just a little bit further. What I believe is going on is that the United States is funding biolab research, bioweapons, gain-of-function research in Ukraine. And I think there's enough information out there to make us very skeptical about the Chinese lab leak. Because if you remember how this whole thing went down, they're really putting a lot of pressure on China all of a sudden, the United States is. But I still saw the propaganda come out of China, so I know something's not right. Because the propaganda was ridiculous. We've all went through COVID now. We know that people weren't dropping dead as they were walking along the street, but that's how they sold it because it was great fear. And they knew you'd forget it because the propaganda that's being run out of the United States and around the world, they can take you wherever they want to go. I said in an earlier show, if they wanted to convince you that Bigfoot was real, they could do it. And what's more disturbing about the way this propaganda is working is that unless these major news networks come out with the information, it's not real to the vast majority of people in this country. So they have a hold on us. They are our news, only they're not really the news. It's propaganda. It's, it's a game. It's what Pravda was in the Soviet Union. It's just pure propaganda to keep you away from reality. That's all it is, but you can't convince people of it. They'll understand what I'm saying and still go back and watch the major networks for their news. Until those outlets report it, it's not real to a lot of people. It's so frustrating to to get across to people. But what I think is happening here is we are funding gain-of-function research in Ukraine, and we are teamed up with all three, Ukraine, the U.S., NATO, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, and China. That's what I think is going on. I think that's makes the most sense if you just say, clear about clear out everything that you think you know, that China's our enemy, that Russia's our enemy. Clear all that out of your mind and just go with the facts. The United States, according to Seymour Hersh, bombed Nord Stream 2. This was a energy source, a pipeline going from Russia to Germany. Now, Germany is heading up the EU and an ally of the United States. Wouldn't they be hopping mad if news came out that the United States bombed their pipeline, and wouldn't Russia be crazy over it? Because they're not. Russia was alerted that Joe Biden was going to Ukraine recently, if you remember that. Remember the air raids were going off, all the propaganda to make it look like there was the, they were in this big war zone. But the Biden administration alerted Putin that Biden was coming to Ukraine. Now, does that sound like we're at war with each other? Does that sound like there's this big to-do going on? Because it's obvious, at least from our press and from our administration here, the Biden administration, 
that we're spending billions of dollars in Ukraine with weapons to protect them from the Russians. Yet when our president goes to Ukraine, we tell Vladimir Putin and the Russian government that we're coming. Now, does that make any sense? Does it make any sense that Germany's not mad that we apparently bombed their pipeline? Does it make any sense to you that Russia isn't upset that we bombed the pipeline? There's no real conversation about it. Is it possible that all of this nonsense is really to install global governing? And that doesn't mean that there's not energy in certain places of the world that we need. And it doesn't mean that we haven't changed our manufacturing sources from the United States over to China to Mexico and around the world. We don't build TVs. We don't build anything anymore. But if you just look at a global governing scheme, if all these people are on the same page and they can kind of divvy up the globe, wouldn't it make more sense than what we're seeing? I mean, just contemplate it for just a minute because it appears to me that China and the United States are very close, regardless of the rhetoric. Think of the Chinese spy balloons and how ridiculous that story was. It went away because people started making fun of it. I made fun of it immediately, but if you looked at the uh, people in your circles and watch what was going on on television, boy, Chinese spy balloons was a big deal. UFOs were coming. But again, when people got to their senses, they realized, okay, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Where can they take the Chinese spy balloon story? And then it just kind of went away. Fentanyl. You know, it's the Chinese that are sending fentanyl across our borders into Mexico and then across our borders that are killing hundreds of thousands of kids. Almost a million kids in a decade are going to die from a drug that we say is coming from China into Mexico and into the United States. But we don't know that. What we know is that we don't secure our borders. Why? If you have a global governing system, do you really need a wall across the southern border? Do you really need barriers if you're trying to put in a global governing system? No. But we want to point the finger at China because it's far away. They are the perceived enemy. They can be the boogeyman. We can put all of our problems on China. China can do the same thing with their people. But we're not paying attention to what's really going on or what could what could potentially be going, going on in Ukraine. And I mentioned last week the people involved, right? Donald Rumsfeld, who was the guy that on September 10th, one day before the World Trade Center, plane, the planes going into the World Trade Center, made an announcement that the Pentagon was missing $2.3 trillion. So you have to pay attention to that guy. Who comes out and says we're missing $2.3 trillion, and then the very next day, Planes going to the World Trade Center. Hmm, it's a little odd. You know, $2.3 trillion is a lot of money, and that was in 2001. But then you look into Rumsfeld. He was the head of two pharmaceutical companies. He went with Victoria Nuland, who's overseeing Ukraine, because we got to hear her on a call picking the leader of Ukraine with the ambassador to Ukraine, a guy by the name of Jeffrey Pyatt, who was the mentor to Albert Borla, who is the CEO of Pfizer. There's a lot of smoke over there in Ukraine, wouldn't you say? A lot of attachment to the United States government. Victoria Nuland testified in Congress that we had 47 bio labs in Ukraine. Now there's a heated debate on Twitter between this guy, Andrew Huff. I've mentioned him before. He's got a book deal coming out. He's all over Fox News. He's all over InfoWars. He's all over the alternative media. Saying that he was in the Wuhan uh, laboratory, and he is aware that it was a lab leak from China accidentally, because this, I think, is where the narrative is going to go. 
Now that the American people and people around the world are starting to go, what is going on around here with this government? What they want to try to convince you is this was all just a big accident. It was a lab leak in China. Nobody's going to ever be able to prove it. So now it's just an accident, and that's it. Trump is out there saying that. Everybody's out there saying it, including this guy, Andrew Huff, who's got a book out. Well, he is being challenged on Twitter by a guy that represents himself as clandestine. He's at war clandestine on Twitter. And he is challenging him, saying this really is originating the COVID-19 virus. The, uh, the gain-of-function research is really originating out of Ukraine. And he puts a very terrific presentation together. Let me just read a little bit to you on this back and forth between um, at war clandestine. The, real guy, the guy's real name is Jacob Creech. He says, now that you have, this is what he writes on Twitter. Now that you have all seen how A.G. Huff is unjustly smearing me for my reporting on the connections between SARS-CoV-2 and Ukraine, let me show you how the connections via documentation that Huff arrogantly claimed do not exist. And then he gives a link to uh, a company called Labyrinth Global Health. Labyrinth Global Health. Puts a link to it, and then you start to read through it. Um, Then he goes on, and you see that they're connected. It says, Labyrinth Global Health is a massive biotech company that partnered with Huff's company, EcoHealth Alliance. Now, EcoHealth Alliance is the contractor that was working over in China. So let me start over. Massive biotech company that partnered. Now, this is Labyrinth Global Health. I got to slow down here a bit. Labyrinth Global Health. This is a massive biotech company that partnered with Huff's company, EcoHealth Alliance, as well as Hunter Biden's. Metabiota. Now, Metabiota is in Ukraine. EcoHealth Alliance is in China. What he's trying to say, this war clandestine character, is that they were sending animal vectors over to China, knowing that it would leak. They could then blame China. China could blame the United States. You could have this back and forth that we have going on, and that we would never really look at Ukraine. But Ukraine might be the epicenter of what's going on. Something to think about, because it feels to me like these governments are connected, which is what Robert F. Kennedy was trying to say. I could be wrong about how the whole thing plays out. Russia could really be upset with Ukraine. There could be a big war going on there. They could be really upset with the United States, and we could be looking at global war any minute now. But none of that really seems to make sense when you look at the facts. Why would the United States be alerted from the Russian government that Biden is going to Ukraine, and then they put on the show when you get there. Why would a guy like Vladimir Zelensky be the leader of Ukraine? He's an actor. You've got him in high heels and this uh, S&M garb dancing all over the stage in Ukraine. He was an actor prior. None of this makes much sense to me. I feel like we're getting misled again. And then you see people like Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI. He goes out on Fox News, and he's on NBC, uh, on NBC. Now, you know he's a swamp rat. He's from Yale. He's a swarmy character. Everything he says, I assume, is a lie just by watching him over time. But he is the director of the FBI. Now, he's giving interviews saying, now we, we're beginning to believe that this was just a lab leak out of China. Despite for the past two years, anybody that said it was a lab leak was censored. They were conspiracy theorists, Right. But now what they're doing is they're turning this into another narrative that it was a lab leak in China. Mike Pompeo, let me see what he wrote out here. I got Mike Pompeo. So so Mike Pompeo, 
Now, he was the head of this. He's from Harvard. He ran the CIA and the State Department under Trump, former senator from Kansas. He just puts out, it was a lab leak. Now the narrative coming from the club members is that this was an accidental lab leak out of China. This is what I mean of how the media switches, just like we did in Arizona where they said all of the uh, information about the Arizona election was unsubstantiated, conspiracy theory, theory election, di- the election deniers. They use all of the language. And here we have the same thing going on with the COVID-19 situation. It's going to be an accident. They want to move along here. Just an accident. Lab leak out of China. Nothing to see here. And not mentioning at all that they had biolabs in Ukraine and they were sending money over there to study gain-of-function research, and this guy has the documentation, uh, at least it looks like the documentation on Twitter, uh, for you to look at. It's a pretty crazy story. And all I know is when I challenged Huff with the information that I was aware of, he quit talking to me immediately. I got his attention on Twitter because I know what I'm talking about, and he started going back and forth with me. And then I said, what about this? What about this? What about Rumsfeld? What about Rumsfeld and Newland? What about Albert Borla? being connected to Pyatt, who's in Ukraine. That's a lot of pharmacy people in Ukraine. Why? And he just went completely silent. Now, he may not know, but at least he would say uh, there's no connection there just because the Secretary of Defense ran two pharma businesses doesn't mean that he has anything to do with bioweapons. The Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, who led us through 9-11 and the war in Iraq, ran two pharma businesses. Two of them. One of them was a subsidiary of Pfizer. I mean, you cannot make it up. This this stuff is crazy. When we get back from break, got a couple minutes here. When we get back from break, I'm going to play my conversation with Dr. Ishwaran Kohalathis. He adds some context to the COVID con job because if you're still not convinced about what went, or went down with COVID and how the information coming out of our press was a lie, You'll enjoy this conversation because the same thing that went on here in the United States was exactly what went on in the UK. It's exactly what went on in New Zealand. It's exactly what went on in Australia. It's exactly what went on in uh, Canada, Brazil, Mexico. We all went through the same thing. And when you see that many countries perpetuating a lie, making you wear masks and stand on dots, lock down your society, When you see all of these things and you know they make no sense, then you have to ask, where is the coordination? Who is overseeing this thing? And it certainly appears to me that it's being directed by the World Economic Forum, Davos, the oligarchs of the world where the money lies, with policy out of the United Nations. Because if you look at the corporate policies in this country and you line them up with the objectives of the World Economic Forum in the United Nations, they fit like a glove. That cannot be an accident, do you think? Doesn't feel like an accident to me. Um, again, if you want to get involved in the conversation, the Rob Show host at gmail.com. I'll answer any of your questions. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with my conversation with the good doctor from the UK. Stick around. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. 
Once again, you're listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. My name is Rob Carter, and you're listening to The Rob Carter Show. Before I get into my conversation with the good doctor from the UK, I wonder how many people are paying attention to Russell Brand. Now, if you don't know who Russell Brand is, he's a comedian. He's an actor from the UK. I believe he was married to Katy Perry. He's a recovering addict, but he's heavily into politics, and I think the guy is hilariously funny, very sharp wit, Great mind, you can tell. Uh, He has been making the rounds here in the United States, and he most recently did an interview on the Joe Rogan Show. Now, if you don't have Spotify, you should get it just for Joe Rogan because the format is what I want you to pay attention to. Joe Rogan will interview somebody or talk to them, have a conversation, however you want to look at it, and really get to the bottom of issues, and it's two and three hours long. And I ask myself every time I watch his show, Why are there not more formats where our politicians are going into this type of arena? Where you can really dig into topics and ask questions, get a sense of who these senators and congresspeople are. Are they funny? Um, Are they cerebral? Are they quick-witted? You can kind of tell when you have a conversation with somebody for a couple, three hours what their personality is like, but we don't get that. Think of Josh Hawley. I make uh, mention of it all the time. How many times can Josh Hawley go on the Sean Hannity show. How many times can he show up in that canned environment on Fox News? We got problems right here in Missouri that need to be addressed, and we want to ask you questions, Josh Hawley. We don't care about Sean Hannity. No offense to Sean Hannity, but we don't care. We're tired of the entire system that is in place. It seems very fake. It seems very staged. It seems very phony, and what we want is, is to see our politicians, people that are making decisions on our behalf, we want to get to know you just a little bit better. Because, Josh, if you can hear me, nobody cares about your appearances on Fox News. We just flat out don't care. It's hurting you more than it's helping you. And by the way, Josh Hawley will be running for Senate, ultimately against a guy by the name of Lucas Kuntz. Now, check this out. Josh Hawley is from Yale, and Lucas Kuntz is from Yale. I have a feeling Yale is going to win in Missouri. And Lucas Kuntz, you're available. If you are available, you're always welcome on my show. You're welcome on my podcast. You're welcome to meet me anywhere, anytime. I'd love to ask you some questions because I got some real questions for whoever's going to be running against Josh Hawley, and it might do you some good. If you're not protected and handled by everybody like Josh Hawley is, and you can go out there and really ask, answer some questions over the course of two or three hours so people can get to know what's going on with you, How great would that be for the citizens of Missouri? We want to see and hear our politicians. We want to get to know them. We want to get their vibe and their feel. Lucas Kuntz, you are always welcome on my show. I would love to have you. Same with Josh Hawley. Because I'm telling you, Josh, nobody cares about your appearances on Fox News anymore. One thing I want to get to as well is in this conversation that I'm having with the doctor here, I want to set up how we how we met, how the conversation began. I saw him on Twitter. He was saying that he was censored, uh, that Twitter kicked him off twice because he was going against the COVID narrative back in the day. Same as me, by the way. I was kicked off of Facebook. I was kicked off of Twitter. I was kicked off of YouTube. Too many times to count. I got sick and tired of it at one point. I'm like, good Lord. And I started a podcast and now a radio show because I was being censored. I thought, well, If I get on the radio, I don't know what they can do. They can't necessarily censor me. And if I do a podcast and start my own website, they can't censor me 
because I was trying to get information that I felt was relevant out to my friends, my family, and however far it would spread. Well, he did the exact same thing. Because he got censored over and over again, as he says in this conversation, he wrote a book. He said, well, they can't, they can't keep me from writing a book. And by the way, you can find this on Amazon. It's called Calling Out the Shots. Calling Out the Shots. I recommend it. I didn't, haven't read the book yet, to be quite honest with you. I've, got, uh, I've read a little bit of it, but I haven't got through the whole thing. But this guy is quite the personality. Uh, from the UK, so when the interview is going, you're going to notice that he's got an accent and the sound quality is just okay, but you'll be able to make it out. You won't have to strain too terribly much to understand what he's saying. But let me give you just a sense of who he is. This is the good doctor, Dr. Ish Warren. He says, call me Ish, so I'm going to call him Ish. Dr. Ish Koalathis. This is him out on Twitter just the other day. Uh, this is a, just a little clip of what kind of personality he is. Go. We're alive! <laughs> We're alive! We got to go make the most of it. It's a gift. We got to go, baby. We got to get up and go. <laughs> this is him, and it shows him sprinting through the fields, jumping in a creek, uh, these kind of things. He's very motivational. He's into health. Uh, seems to have a very gr- a terrific grasp of the of the body, the human body. Because uh, when you start digging into it, I couldn't follow it, so I had to cut out some pieces I thought were just a little bit too informative. Because I don't think the uh, I don't think unless you're a doctor or an epidemiologist, you could follow what he was talking about. But when it got into the uh, the crust of the conversation, you'll be able to understand it. You'll see where he's coming from. This first clip that I want to play is how he got uh, he how he got to understand that the way we were handling COVID was backwards, that it was wrong, that we were looking at it wrong. So this is how he got to that, uh, got to that position. Go. Sweden or Denmark showing like you, didn't, you don't have to have antibodies or symptoms uh, to be kind of immune to the virus. So I was like, hold on. That means we don't need mass vaccination. That, that that also means uh, testing is very pointless. Marketing, and like that paper changed my life. So I was like, hold on, why is no one talk, why is no one talking about this? Um, and then I understood because I had an antibody test and it came back as negative. And so I was like, hold on, what we're what we're told we're not immune if we have a negative antibody test. But you look at the evidence, actually, a negative antibody test on the spectrum of things is a good sign. Because it means your T cells only first line defenses are working, and obviously we didn't do T cell uh, testing because obviously that I think that would have um, broken the whole narrative. Mm-hmm. And instead, we focused on antibodies because that's what Pfizer and the team <laughs> used to um, to kind of justify uh, boosters because it's a quantifiable marker. Right. See, what he's trying to say is they were looking at it wrong from the very beginning because they were looking at antibodies. How many people have said, oh, my antibodies, I have the antibodies, I don't. I mean, I never really paid much attention to it, but I heard a lot of people talking about it. What he was saying was we were looking at the wrong markers. Okay, whether you believe that, don't believe it, that was his impression of what was going on. And that began the search for the answers to COVID. And the conversation is, it's kind of crazy uh, what he believes and what he thinks because it's right on the same page with me. Here is, I ask him, what do you think of these gene therapies? Are they safe? Are they not safe? What is your take on these? And here's what he had to say. Oh, I mean, definitely dangerous. I, I think kind of mRNA technology, a bit like uh, zero uh, COVID or zero carbon emissions, 
is a very unscientific, anti-human, uh, reductionist, uh, dualistic way of looking at things and causes more harm than good. And anyone who who thinks kind of mRNA technology is um, good or technical has no concept or any idea of kind of human biology. They, if you truly understand, I'm, I'm, this is not me boasting about myself, but anyone, you ask anyone who actually truly understands the, uh, the kind of immune system um, and, and in our health in, in general, we do not need a new form of technology um, that's been untested. We don't have any long-term data on um, the, what it does to our kind of protein structures, what it does to our cells, what it does to our DNA. We have no evidence. Um, so we have no idea what it, what it will do in the future. It's, it's all, and, and we know it, every single paper and research paper that, that will come out from, you know, from the last uh, three years to the foreseeable future of mankind will be, will be negative. No, I don't, there's no positive that will come from this um, new technology and it should be stopped, uh, you know, every single time. But the, I, I think the, I mean, I can say I lost a colleague who, who collapsed whilst he was uh, kind of beginning to play uh, soccer and he collapsed and he never woke up. And from that day on, I was like, oh my God, so many young people and, you know, people of all ages are going to die. And, and um, like you said in from the US, people here in the general public don't, we, we have, no one really wears masks anymore, but no one wants to. I don't think anyone wants to talk about it, but no one, I don't think anyone cares about it. And also I think in the last few years, the ones who are very pro-mandate and, and kind of pro-jabs and stuff, they were in this kind of zombified mindset yes. fueled by maybe fear, maybe, maybe fear. And as you can see with many uh, political kind of issues, these individuals, and I will say that the majority, or used to be the majority, they they just uh, switch their minds um, as, as soon as a new thing uh, comes along, and there's no kind of critical thinking. And it's the small minority of individuals who care about everyone, not just you know um, kind of themselves, but we understand that everyone's going to be hurt, whether it's a war or. Um, whether it's this issue, we're the ones who are, who said at the start and continue to care and have the knowledge, um, and the compassion. But however, if it doesn't fit the political kind of agenda, uh, at the time, then we, we're seen as fringe or we're, or we're made to seem, uh, to see as fringe or being difficult or not part of the group. Now that's kind of group think against kind of critical thinking and that's a deeper issue. But yeah, when it, with, with regards to, the agents themselves, they are, they should be banned. And I, I, um, they shouldn't have never been brought, um, into the, into the pharmaceutical realm, let, let alone been untested and given a, such a, a mass scale. And now, unfortunately, we have, we have kind of excess deaths that no one wants to talk about. And a lot, and the rest who are actually injured are going to be on this perpetual, uh, cycle of medication. And uh, therapy only giving more power and uh, money to the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and so, yeah, like, um, do you think it are, was intentional? We, do you sense that it was intentional? Like, for example, um, 
the people that are close to me that are in, in this arena, I have an epidemiologist come on my show and uh, I talk to her all the time. And she says, look, you know, I think a lot of people are going to die from these things. And she goes in part two, uh, she goes, I think that it's just going to make people sicker. I think it's going to hurt their immune system. I think it's going to cause a lot of problems. And I think that uh, makes people continually use the pharmaceutical drugs that made them sick in the first place. She goes, uh, you know, she's like you. I read a little bit about your background. You know, you basically say you left the NHS because you saw corruption. She did the same thing. She was a medical person. Yeah. And she said, I just, I see so much corruption here. I just, I couldn't be a part of it anymore. I had to leave. Do you sense that, that, that these things are stripping the immune system, altering the immune system? What is your take on just what the effect these technologies are going to have in the body? Oh, definitely. They are stripping and they will strip. And they, they strip the immune system in a, in a multitude of ways. Because the way the um, these uh, jabs work, are they work firstly by... Um, suppressing uh, the immune system or parts of the immune system so it, so our own cells don't actually kind of attack um, the lipid uh, nanoparticle. So the lipid nanoparticle was made so um, it can actually take the uh, genetic material into the uh, DNA and that and there's a suppression of our kind of immune systems there so we don't attack it before it gets to ourselves. And then it works primarily through an autoimmune reaction where it makes our cells make the spike protein and then our own cells uh, kill our own cells. So whether it's cardiac muscle, because they said it would only be in the arm, but as we've now got lots of kind of biodistribution uh, studies that say it goes all over the body. So yeah, it's not local, it's right? in the brain. It goes everywhere. No, right. it goes everywhere. So then our own cells are killing our own cells. Now, that, and then you have repeated uh, ex- exposure to this. And on top of that, they have other things like um, uh, kind of GC code on optimization. So genetic, they've used uh, genetic kind of manipulation and things called caps that will make these materials last longer in, in our system. And for some people, unfortunately, they can't actually clear it. And for some, unfortunately, it gets integrated into the genome. We, we think we don't have the... Um, the evidence in a trial, but we only have one kind of study on it, on some liver cells. But I mean, that's all we showed potential. Um, so it's multitude of ways. And then I also think it's causing T cell, which is um, a type of white blood cell. Um, it, it can make them get kind of exhausted because we're continuously giving the same um, kind of antigen. Um, and on top of that, it reduces your kind of immunity especially uh, off, uh, in the short term, which predisposes the individual to COVID-19 or an infection like COVID-19. So you're getting a double whammy um, of, um, of kind of trauma. So if you get kind of inoculated uh, maybe three times and have uh, COVID maybe twice, that's five, that's five mounts of uh, damage. And it depends. If you have underlying issues, because um, I, I think... The uh, spike protein and the way these things work is by uh, targeting kind of weaknesses. More with my conversation with the good doctor from the UK when we return. Stick with us. We'll be right back. SR1 Sundays. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Rob Carter Show. Final segment of the evening. 
We are going to get back into our conversation with the good doctor from the UK. His name is Dr. Ishwaran Koalathis. Name of the book is Calling Out the Shots. You can find it on Amazon. Once again, that is Calling Out the Shots. I want to continue the conversation right away because I asked him, I said, Doctor, are you noticing that more people are getting cancers, liver issues, heart issues, post-vaccine? Because I am, and I know that many people that listen to this show are starting to see it. I've had friends die from strokes and liver problems and everything post-vaccine, and you can't necessarily say it was the gene therapies, but something odd seems to be going on. We see all these players in the United States dropping dead on the football field, soccer field, basketball court, you name it. We saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin. So what's going on? This is what he had to say. Yeah, yeah. I've got a colleague at the start who said, yeah, they were seeing weird and new forms of rare cancers that they haven't seen before. Um, I also think uh, cognition, we're not really folk. Not, not a lot of people are focusing on the cognitive decline in a lot of people. I've known hands of people who've, got, who've been diagnosed with dementia or their dementia has worsened after... Um, these jobs, and you must think, wow, like this was a vaccine, okay? This was marketed as a vaccine to stop an infection, and now some people getting dementia after this. Like, like the it, the, the way this thing works is just it's it's a, a poison, um, and yeah, like I'm I'm we think I'm excess death, uh, definitely, and the numbers going up, but we also knew this. In 20, early 2021, when uh, Professor Fenton, his uh, study showed that more people were dying after the jab rollout and the way that the numbers were taken, because um, what they said was, uh, you're not actually um, vaccinated, uh, kind of quote unquote, until around 21 days after your, your second jab. Right. So there were a lot of people dying. There were a lot of people dying before 21 days right. and they were counted as unvaccinated. Right. So. So Professor Fenton was like, "Hold on, this doesn't make any sense." And use he's a use a, um, a data. Uh, he, he works on data and, and numbers. He's a professor, and uh, he looked at that. He was like, "Hold on, I think because of that terminology, it, and if we actually fix that terminology, you actually see that after every rollout, more people are dying." Uh, very interesting conversation because when he brought up that you know if you died within two weeks of getting your COVID injection. Uh, it was not called a vaccine-related death. It was called a COVID death. And it reminded me of all the manipulation in the data. Episode number three of my Apple podcast show, uh, we talked about data manipulation. It was right out there for the whole world to see. Uh, the scarf lady was on stage, and they asked her, listen, if somebody uh, dies in a car accident with COVID, I'm you know, making it up just a little bit, but if they die with COVID, it, it was, they had stage four cancer and they got COVID and died, is it a COVID death or a cancer death? And she said, anybody who dies with COVID is a COVID death. There was a governor in Connecticut. A two-year-old child died, I believe it was from suffocation, tested positive for COVID, and he said it's the first COVID death in Connecticut. That's how crazy the manipulation was. All of these numbers were being thrown about 100,000 people dead from COVID, 200,000 people dead from COVID, 300,000 people died from COVID. And all you had to do was just kind of understand that this was a game to the people that were running it, not to the people that passed away, because obviously that was very serious. But what was happening was 
if you tested positive for COVID, and when you tested positive for COVID, even the tests were fraudulent. The good doctor and I talked about it before uh, I turned on the uh, recorder, but we talked about the PCR testing. PCR testing was fraudulent from the very beginning. So when people were testing positive for COVID and dying from whatever it could have been, could have been heart attacks, could have been car accidents, could have been anything that was causing their death, if they were in the hospital, tested positive for COVID, it was a COVID death. May not have had anything to do with anything. It's just that they tested positive with a fraudulent testing. Uh, the PCR testing was fraudulent. It's it's incredible what went on with COVID. And I just I think that if people survive it, they're like, well, you know, uh, my dad died, my aunt died, my buddy died, a co-worker died, this person died, that person died. And they just seem to move on with their life and they don't care. The people that put this thing on have got to be held accountable. It just You just can't get away with an operation this big. And it was so obvious to anybody that really understood what was happening. The problem is nobody understood it. Nobody could see it. Nobody recognized what was going down. But man, as somebody who was watching this movie from start to finish and understanding how it was going to play out and then watching it play out in real time, uh, very hard to stomach, very hard to watch people lose connection with coworkers and family and friends over this nonsense. Hard to watch people go into the hospital and die because the protocols were pathetic and they restricted medicines from people. The whole thing surrounding COVID is just nauseating, and I just think that people have to be held accountable. I went. I want to go on to the conversation with a good doctor because I asked him about the politics. He seemed to be very interested in talking about what COVID was really all about and how it was being used. So I just said, doctor, are these things uh, surrounding the politics of COVID, are you paying attention to them? Here's how the conversation went. Go. I mean, even not as a doctor, let's say just me as a person, I sensed it uh, like um, from the very early beginnings because it's, you could argue it's a global issue because it's a, it's a pandemic. Right. But um, the, response, the response to it was the same or very similar in, in many nations. And not only that, the lab leak theory has not been disproven. If anything is getting more and more likely that it was leaked accidentally or not, we will never know, I don't think. Well, you know what? Another, um, thing, that so I think, okay. another thing, just real fast, I'm sorry. Another thing you might find interesting, okay. did, did you know that in Wuhan, at the time that this supposedly was spreading, that they held in a, uh, the, world, uh, the world game? So you had... Uh, I forget how many countries, over 120 different countries were in China, in actual Wuhan, when the supposedly thing mm. was supposedly leaked uh, right around the same time. Yeah. There was a sporting event over in Wuhan, China at the exact same time. Did you know that? I, I, I vaguely remember someone telling me that, but yeah, no, yeah. I Which yeah, makes it sound like it's intentional, right? I mean, if it, if it really is coming from Wuhan, I don't even accept that it comes from Wuhan. That's just me because I don't. when people lie to me, I don't trust anything that they say. But nonetheless, <laughs> if this did start in Wuhan, it would make sense yeah. that if you're trying to spread it globally and begin this whole process, that it would start when you have 100 different uh, athletes from 120 countries in your backyard uh, of, a, of a laboratory. Yeah. Of, uh, I think it's a level four laboratory. Uh, it does make kind of yeah. sense that that's how you would start the process. The thing is, I think we, we don't know, but we can form maybe theories. And the thing is, what's going on? Because it's a global issue and everyone and people reacted to uh, the same, and we only had one uh, cure all this uh, genetic agent. You know, there wasn't anything else. No other nations, these nations weren't helping people get more fit and healthy, and they weren't giving people 
uh, vitamin D. You know, they won't actually. If you cared about the health of your population, you would do. You would have taken a different approach. Correct. But unfortunately, there was an unscientific approach worldwide. So when I think of that, I go, if there's a worldwide um, problem and they were been coordinated, and also um, they wanted to bring in some vaccine passports, so again, unscientific, and be because of transmission, that, I mean, it like it never stops kind of uh, transmission. But it feels like that was really the end goal. But then you have to realize what's going on in the technological world is the invention of artificial intelligence, uh, blockchain uh, primarily, and internet, and the kind of ability for people to travel. Now, these things affect uh, global markets. They also, they, they will affect the world in a, a revolution, like in a, in a colossal sense. See, it's interesting because... When I would go out on my show and ask for doctors to debate me about the protocols for COVID, whether COVID was as dangerous as the media was saying, whether they should be taking their vaccines and their gene therapies and their boosters, I came on my show over and over again and said, anybody listening, if you know of a doctor that will debate me on this because I know my stuff, I would love to debate any doctor. And what I find interesting is that no doctors took me up. I would call doctors periodically from my office and ask if they would debate me about it. I could never get them because it's always a secretary or this and that and the other. I said, listen, I have a radio show. Uh, I would ask in, in advance, are you recommending the COVID vaccines? This is in the height of everything. And they would say yes. Um, and I'd say, well, I disagree. And is, would the doctor uh, come on my radio show and have a conversation with me or on my Apple podcast or whatever? Will they have the conversation with me publicly about these vaccines, and not one doctor took me up on it. Now, the only reason I bring that up is because aren't doctors supposed to be trying to help? And if they think that somebody has a radio show who's telling their patients not to get vaccinated, wouldn't they want to come on just out of the goodness of their heart and explain to the audience why they should be getting them? But that didn't happen. This is the first doctor that would come on and talk to me, and it's because he agrees with everything that I'm saying. Here's another clip that we had because I asked him whether he thought that the digital world that we're moving towards, could it be a good thing or did he think it would be a bad thing? You know, digital passports, digital money, the whole thing. And here's what he had to say. No. <laughs> you see it like I do. Um, I'm, I'm pessimistic. I yeah. think it's a really dangerous situation we're setting up here. I don't even think I'm pessimistic. I think we're realistic because we've seen we've seen already what they've done. So they've harmed people, and they're yes. not and they're not actually talking about it. Yes. So and then you give individuals if you see any regime, any uh, any kind of communist or kind of genocidal uh, regime, they might think the individuals who run it might think what they're doing is right or, or correct. Right. But history tells us time and time again that a they kill people, um, you know, left, right, and center, and people suffer and will continue to suffer after the fact. But also that the regime will will eventually uh, kind of collapse because it kind of goes in on itself. However, man, I'm talking, you know, mankind, need, uh, there, there are people out there who need power and power over people and control, especially when their own fundamental way of living is being kind of uh, threatened. Their kind of power dynamics and kind of structures have been spoken by new technology and this is what happened when the kind of uh, printing press came along right so the kind of bible and the church ran 
many countries, and that's why they're so big, and they, and they used to control uh, money um, and taxation. And even the Pope had uh, kind of parties um, uh, with uh, uh, people because people did not did not know um, they were, you know, no one could no one could read. So what they said, what the, what the church leader said, and what, what the kind of church said was kind of taken as the word of God. Right. However, when the uh, printing press came along, when kind of this new technology came along and people could start to read, then they understood actually what was said in the Bible was very different to what people, what the people who were supposedly kind of preaching the name of God um, were actually doing and saying. So, you know, that, that shifted things. And now the church is not as powerful as it used to be. And now, in, and now instead of that, we have government. Who've come, who've come in and become the new religion using kind of scientism, using marketing kind of strategies, using a kind of Hollywood um, and all of these ways to manipulate and condition man. So we, because we inherently need something to believe in at all, all times uh, because we always feel lost um, and they want to control and keep their power. So instead, I think the pandemic was a one step in a multi-step approach for them to um, have and keep a a form of global communist uh, regime. Global power. What I like and what I think is good news for humanity is that people around the world are starting to pay attention and figure it out. Now, you're going to have 90% of the population. This is too complicated for them. It makes their head hurt to have to think too terribly much. They're going to move on about their lives, and they're going to expect everybody else to fix it. You just know that's the way it's going to be, and they're going to make fun of anybody who puts their time and energy into it. That's just the way it's going to go down. But it's nice to see what's going on in Arizona because if the people of Arizona pressure their representatives, you're going to get to the bottom of what went on in that election at some point. You've got Marjorie Taylor Greene giving it to this guy named Gabriel Sterling in Georgia. Uh, about the election because he was the front of it. He was the face of it in Georgia, and he was he was so full of it, it was unbelievable. So we have to get the elections figured out. Those conversations are beginning. So there's very good news on the horizon if we just stick with it. The American people have all of the power. We just have to use it. We have to wake up our friends. We have to start getting people to think. Those who are willing to get involved in the game They have to spread the information out as far and as wide as they can. If you want to follow up on the podcast, I do a podcast almost every week. It is the robshowpodcast.com. I delve into things just a little deeper on that particular uh, forum. If you want to ask any questions, therobshowhost at gmail.com. And if you want the greatest tasting coffee on planet Earth, purecurecoffee.com. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday at 6 o'clock. Take care and good night. This is SR1.